motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. Hello and welcome to another episode, another week of uh, A to the K's Wrestle Talk podcast. Uh, you're here with Anthony and uh, Carl. Say hello to the people, Carl. <laughs> hello, people, so, and Carl. Um, hopefully, we're getting a bit more, <laughs> bit more of a uh, routine going, a bit more familiar with the uh, the way everything works. Um, as we mentioned last week, and as Carl mentioned last week, we're going to be each week we'll be talking this week in wrestling as probably our first segment. Um, so that will be our first segment. You might have uh, noticed from the time of publishing and certainly the time of recording uh, we're a little bit early this week so we won't be able to cover Smackdown in any great detail because it hasn't actually happened yet but uh, obviously we still have a lot to talk about in this week in wrestling uh, plus with the pending uh, pay-per-view uh, as devastating as pay-per-views have been the last few weeks uh, so we'll be talking a little bit on that in, in this segment as well and then obviously our, our second segment will be once again the, uh, the ringside report in which we talk about the news and rumours that we've had um, and there's been a couple of interesting ones this week, to be fair. So that'll, uh, that'll be for some good talking points. And then lastly, this time around, we are talking our 10 favourite wrestlers. So um, this is obviously what we've built up over the years as, as people that we find the most uh, memorable or the most impactful from, from our memories in wrestling uh, and a bit of our reason as to why. So without further ado, uh, should we talk this week in wrestling? Um, Carl, would you like to kick, kick off with Raw? Let's do it. Certainly. Um, so yeah, so um, it was an interesting one, I think, uh, Raw this week. Um, so instead of kicking off with Randy Orton again, like it has been for the last God knows how many weeks, um, he changed it up a little bit and brought out uh, Brock to kick off the show. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. No, I do love a good Paul Heyman really promo. Um, he's, um, he's a master on the mic, I'll give him his due. He's, he's really good um, at working the crowd up. Well, that's it. Um, I, I was interested to see um, where it was going to go. It's very rare that Brock actually attends a Raw. You know, being the champion, it's a bit of a <laughs> bit of a strange thing to say. But yeah, it's, it's not often on the show. Um, so I'm always excited when Brock comes out. And um, you know, they, they basically built up the fact that um, Drew is Drew is a fraud, um, and he's, he's absolutely got no chance this that, and the other. And then you know, Drew comes out, um, squares up to Brock which I thought was a, a nice little bit of a build. And then, you know, Brock starts to cower away, thinking, ah, oh, yeah, you know, don't worry, I'm too good for you. Goes to leave the ring and then, you know, turns around, tries to jump uh, Drew and gets a Claymore mm. in the face. Uh, uh, it was a, I thoroughly you know enjoyed it. It's been <laughs> one of the most enjoyable uh, uh, promos. for. The, I don't know if you can technically call him a promo when you get a bit of action out of it, but it's one of, been one of the most enjoyable promos on Raw in a good while. Um, and you know what? Much credit to him, and I don't give him credit all too much. I just moan about him being part-time, but much credit to Brock. He was really all about putting Drew over, and that was fantastic to see. Um, and I, I, Admittedly, I know we shouldn't really talk about slight breaks in kayfabe, but you can even notice him on Raw um, sort of encouraging Drew to pick up the belt after he claimed them. Um and it's just little things like that where you see, he, you can tell he's, you know, he's 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 into this story. He's into putting Drew over, and uh, it's it, you, you do see that in Brock every once in a while. But it, it was great to see. It was a good promo, and uh, you know, much credit to both of them really there. 
I think you make a really good point there about that. I, I think he gets a lot of shit, though, like he doesn't really care about the business and he's only in it for the money and stuff. But when when you see what he does, especially for the, the younger talent, and, you know, he's, I've said before, he's like the, the way he throws himself around the ring and really puts it all into it. And, he, you know, he's one of the best sellers that, that there are today, really, you know, considering you know, the, the monster character that he plays, you will see yeah. him throw himself around that ring. But that, that's a great point you make there where he kind of says to Drew, you know, pick up the belt yeah, exactly. and, and like hoist it yeah. and um, show it off kind of thing because he's, he's just trying exactly. to get him the biggest he knows the best to be fair um, I think he's just he's probably just a very for lack of a better way of putting it he's just a very hard man isn't he like in the sense of like he has to really be into the, the story he's putting across for him to give you that like there was never going to be a chance that uh, Ricochet was going to get that sort of treatment from Brock do you know what I mean because Brock went into that story and I think if if Brock's not into the, the the story that you're doing with him, then you're fucked. Basically, I think that's kind of the way he works. And all right, it's it's not the best thing if you if you're on the on the bad side of that. But when you when you're on the right side of it, um, when you look at the likes of the way he was with uh, with Keith Lee in the Rumble and the way he's been with Drew now, uh, when he wants to sell and when he wants to put you across, he he will and he will fucking go for it, like you say. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think it, it was such an enjoyable um, kickoff to Raw. It kind of took me by surprise because of the. I'm, I'm not saying the stuff with Randy's not been very good over over the weeks. It's just it's been yeah. it's felt very samey and it's felt very drawn out. A, I think I've said in a few episodes. Where yeah, and I think you've made a really a good bit point too that, long. Um, it, it was getting a bit samey, really, and it was nice to see that change up this week. And to be fair to last week, it wasn't a change up per se. But it was a bit of a change up in the sense of we had uh, Kevin Owens in the mix, and I know it was just built to to include Seth and, and that storyline. But at the same time, they're at least they're acknowledging that they don't want to keep everything going over the same way and getting a bit stale. Yeah, I think it it, it was a welcome change to the show. Um, it it wasn't the sort of, yeah, I kind yeah, of skip yeah. through for a change. It was a I actually I, I watched the whole thing yeah, and totally I thoroughly agree. enjoyed it. It was totally a great way to kick off the show. So. Um, and then I think what happened next the uh, yeah this the one, tag, tag uh, title match. I don't know how I feel about this to be honest it was surprising uh, was it a good surprise I don't know um, I honestly don't know how to feel it, it's it's just weird isn't it? I, I literally can't figure uh, WWE out I, I don't know what's in the red um, we've been saying for ages now where it didn't really make much sense um, having Rollins and Murphy yeah. as the as the champs. You know, it should have been AOP if any if anything. And obviously, we didn't believe it was going to change over um, at Super Showdown. But to just do it on Raw to um, fucking who, who even are these prime yeah, time players? Be. Something like that. What are they called? <laughs> private private party. party. I they're don't the, even know they are. <laughs> they're the Raw version <laughs> Those of guys. Uh, Private Party. Uh, they are the, the Street Profits. Street Profits. Right, okay. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. generic you know, tag team number three. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just, <laughs> it came from nowhere, didn't it, last week? Um, just those guys kind of coming out and getting involved. Like, there's, there's, be, there's been an, enough, in my opinion, involved in this uh, storyline now with the, um, the Monday Night Messiah and stuff, the fucking Viking Raiders or whoever come out or, you know, it's 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 so many people yeah. involved, and then they came out that last week just out of nowhere. And then here they are. I, I mean, I had the potential to enjoy mad. everything that was going on with the Monday Night Messiah, but it's got a bit confusing. I, I don't know what the aim is. Seth has been on a bit of a losing streak with it. He's lost 
the titles on Raw randomly. Now they have a match at Elimination Chamber, which I honestly, I'd be surprised if they win at this point. I think they're going to keep the belts on the Street Profits. But I just don't get, it just feels very confusing. It's like they've deliberately gone, well, we won't have them win at the pay-per-view. We'll, we'll mess with everyone and have them win on Raw. But then it just feels less impactful. I don't understand what they're doing. It's it's very confusing booking. But at the same time, I didn't like the titles yeah. on on uh, Seth and, and the other guy. So, I don't know. Is it a bad thing that the Street Profits have got it as much as that, that skinny one is annoying? I'm good with names. <laughs> I think um, it's... I've, I, I, <laughs> I've, I've been saying now, I think for a couple of weeks, that I, I didn't know what their plans were for Mania. I didn't know what they were going to do. If anything, I see this as a silver lining because at least now Seth hasn't got the tag title. I think if they are going to be building up to anything for Mania, then I would absolutely love to see uh, Rollins and Owens. Um, actually, just them in a singles match. None of this yeah, tag team or stable shit. If they just, just cut the bullshit, right? one-on-one. Uh, Samoa Joe has been out of the storyline and will be out of the storyline for, for too long now. Uh, we're not long till till WrestleMania, really. So they need to cut that shit now, really, and and go to that singles match. We'd enjoy it. Owens and and Seth can go. They they will they'll put on a good match. This won't be a problem. I think, in fairness, as as singles competitors, when the storylines are right, those two are probably two of my favorite yeah. uh, members of the roster right now. So as long as they don't over-engineer it and just put on a decent match, I think it'll be really good. However, um, you know, Carl calls it. I do think Joe's going to turn up either at WrestleMania before WrestleMania at some point, and he's going to cost I Owens. Can and I think that's see that. the next few. Um, I totally um, agree I with think... you because, and without building too much into the rumor mill, um, two things I can see happening at Mania are Seth essentially being pulled out of the storyline and becoming about uh, Owens and Joe. And I can see Becky Lynch losing her title, both because the pair of them are having some time off to get married and, and so on. Um, so I, we're not going to see them after Mania. So I think um, it makes a lot of sense to to sort of move on to that that other story, and I, I totally agree. I think we will see Samoa Joe come out, and it'll become about that portrayal. I mean, it does make a lot of sense, I suppose. I think it's a weird one with Seth because he he was red hot, wasn't he, um, in the last Mania and the Mania before that with the whole um, Beast Slayer thing, his program with Brock. You know, he was really over um, as a face and he turned him. And he's he has struggled, to be fair. I think he's just starting to find his feet yeah. a little bit with this Monday Night Messiah thing. But at the same time, the way it has been booked, it already does feel a bit samey and a bit drawn yeah. out and not as good as it could be. So it might do him a bit of I good am... just to get away for a little bit. Um, and hopefully when he comes back, he'll come back... Um, like just I agree. I think it's that classic absence makes the heart grow fonder. I mean, look at certain people like uh, Kurt Angle. Um, when he was starting to get a little bit stale uh, as a heel, he, he had to have some time off because of injury. And then by the time he come back, everyone was so ready to see him that he, he, he got such a pop. It was fantastic. And I'm not saying that Seth needs to be gone long enough to, to get that sort of ovation, but he needs he needs to be pulled away from, from this... Yeah, like you say, the stale storyline that we're that we're slowly coming into now. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, and I'm I'm interested to see who who kind of picks up the pieces, I guess, because if he's, you know, whether we like him or not, he's kind of a uh, been had this role as the locker room leader or whatever, hasn't he? So it'd be interesting to see who steps up. Hopefully, it'll well, be true. Know, if it he manages be, to be, could Brock, be Ricochet, uh, which you know. 
um, I just want to say, and I, I know you're listening, Ricochet. Um, I'm, we really do feel for you with what's going Carl, on. I think is it, is it um, fair to have a, a minute of silence for Ricochet's career? Yeah, we are more than the loss of that. This I think week. we should. I can't go a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> no, genuinely, obviously, we, we like to poke a little bit of fun at Ricky. I'm not even sure how that started, but I do like to poke a little bit of fun at Ricochet. And, uh, probably just because he's our number one fan. Um, but it was just oh, yeah. so sad to see that they, they've made a real point of going, nope, that's your career. You're done. Vince doesn't like you anymore. The heat that you had is gone. And we're going to put the, the probably the worst title holder against you and, and make him fucking ruin you. That's what we're going to do. And what's he had to do? He's had to go, okay, I'm going to dress like Sasha Banks and I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to lose. And that's exactly what happens. <laughs> um, I think you've summed it up there, hit the nail on the head. I, I, I just don't understand how you can have such a fall from grace. How can you go from, um, okay, we're going to invest in this guy, we'll even put him <laughs> in a programme with Brock to actually we're going to squash him in that and then we're going to squash him against the fucking this is where the I think, 24-7 title on Raw. And I, again, I've, I've took shots at Vince the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to do it again, right? This is where Vince is clearly an out-of-touch crazy old bastard, right? Because he's the one, well, not just him, but they are the ones booking these things. They are the ones going, yeah, you're going to be in a match with Brock, and you're not going to last a minute and 30-odd seconds or whatever he did. And then after it going, you look really weak there. You're useless, and I don't like you. And you're like, but, but, but I did what you asked. <laughs> It just—I feel really sorry for him when it comes to this sort of shit. He never said he would have happily gone longer than a minute and thirty. Like it, it's so confusing when you pull it away from kayfabe yeah. and go. These things are booked and predetermined. How could he have made himself look strong with what the fuck you did to him? But I think you've—you've you've hit the nail on the head on the last week or two. Basically, Vince is fucking senile. Well, I think I think he's just gone mental. Um, you know. Yeah, apparently, apparently this week on Raw, he was rewriting things during the show. Like, I think Honestly, God, the, he, uh, somebody needs to intervene. I don't know if anyone can intervene, but somebody needs to intervene. He shouldn't be able to just turn up and rip up a script and start again. The absolute fucking lunatic. <laughs> it's mad. But for me, this is a prime example of why Raw needs <laughs> another title. I know we've got the US title, we've sort of, maybe. We've got potentially, if it still exists, I don't know. Held, but... by, <laughs> held by that... Um, oh. I want to say Mojo. <laughs> For the record, I know I know it's not Mojo; it's that other guy. I just, but uh, this is this is the other thing, Rick. Yeah, I, the other I guy. Feel, this is why I feel bad for you because I don't even know who you lost to this week. That, that's, how, that's how your fall from grace has gone. This guy holds a championship, and I still don't know who he is. And he got to win against you, man. It's for. And he lost clean as well. It wasn't even like there was some kind of fucking, you know, interference or anything. It just he just got his ass kicked. It was stupid. But I feel like it's not. It's so unfair to the likes of him because he's talented as fuck. But there's no way he's going to compete for the main belt. You know, the US title, the way that's being booked is nothing. And then below that is the twenty four seven title, which he's fucking getting absolutely destroyed fighting for that as well. I feel like it, they don't know what to do with him because. You know, what I mean, the, the, he's been in the US title scene. The twenty four seven thing probably isn't the, isn't the right fit for him. So they're just 
getting them buried. Whereas I think back in the day when you had the world title, then an intercontinental, then a European, you still had the likes of a hardcore and a cruiserweight stuff knocking around. I think a three-hour show like Raw, you know, the twenty-four-seven title isn't isn't that title, but they need something else. It's like the exactly the journeyman's um, title. Do you know what um, I, mean? I don't know. The US title seems to be exclusively the Mexican title at the moment, or the Latino title. I'll, I'll be fair, because it's not specifically Mexico. The Latino title seems to be the US thing at the moment. It doesn't seem to be going anywhere other than there, and I've no issue with that, other than the fact that WWE have like a history, and I think you hit the nail on the head a few weeks back that they have a history of going, "Well, you're a bad guy because you've got the US title, but you're not US." Um, it's that hokey fucking storyline that we always get. Um, it's always in a program with someone who isn't American. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. It's Mexican. It's like Jack. I think even back in the day when you had fucking know, yeah. Kenzo Suzuki and people like that here, or you've had a you've had Shinsuke. You know what I mean? It's like they just will literally I, I go. Recall, oh, he's not American. I recall. Oh, no, no, no. I can't remember exactly when it was. I want to say late nineties, early two thousands when they were grasping at straws so much that they went. Wait, Christian, aren't you Canadian? There we go. You're the bad guy. You're not American enough. And it's like, wow, they, they just really love doing this whole American thing. And I get it. You know, they're American, but, you know, yeah. quite a lot of people are. I don't think it needs to be a constant storyline. <laughs> no. It's because they've just got no ideas. They've literally they've, they've run out of ideas. It really it's, it's just so, lazy booking. That, that was a tangent. But, um, yeah, I did probably so, stop doing that. <laughs> so, I think I, th- I yeah, think it, I think it, it was a fair it, tangent. It I just, a uh, we need to pour. Yeah, we need to pour one for yeah. our pal Ricochet. Don't uh, yeah, we? poor guy. Uh, honestly, Ricochet, I, I, I'm gonna leave you alone after this week. I think like it's it's not fair. It's really not fair what's happening to you. And I, I have a new uh, a new enemy <laughs> to be honest because. Uh, and I don't mean to, to, to ruin the order of things, but the, the whole thing with Eric Rowan really fucking pissed me off. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Ugh. It could have been anything. It could have been, been anything. It could it's a fucking it could have literally been remote controls nothing, <laughs> and that would have been better. He could he could have put his hand yeah, into an empty have. box. And then put his hand back out and pretended to be a spider, and that would have been more intimidating than that fucking mess. <laughs> I, I, I just, they just they better follow it through. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know it's shit, but it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna piss me off more if that's just the end of it now because it's just fucking lazy. Like, okay, they've made this little weird spider thing. I want that. I want that spider that to win the so twenty-four-seven title. Actually, I, I would love that. But it's thing. <laughs> like I, I want them to go all in on it. Uh, like literally, I, uh, I want him to fucking have um, you know, Zelina Vega as his valet. Um, I, I, I want, I want it all. I, I want the I want that, that spider to go over, man. <laughs> Sorry, digression. <laughs> I think it might be. Um, thing is, I'm not sure what we're meant to believe with this. Are we meant to believe that it's a real spider, or are we meant to believe that he believes it's a real spider, or are we meant to believe that? He knows it's a fake spider, but other people believe it's a real spider because that thing was fake as fuck. I think they just shit the bed. I think they've, you know, similar to the writers of fucking Lost. You know <laughs> they've got Lost with this it. They've is, gone, ah, we've got, they're going to pull something out this box. I, they might as well have got Lindelof and Abrams to fucking write this because they wrote themselves into such a corner that no one could have put anything <laughs> in that box that would have made any fucking sense. 
That's it. I just, it, I'd, I'd literally don't know what they were thinking. I'd, and I don't know how they're going to salvage it either. I just, they better keep it up because if they, if they pique my intrigue for all these weeks and we're, you know, even thinking it's going to be something funny or, and then they just have this little weird spider. If that just goes away now, I honestly, what a waste of fucking time. And it might just be me, but I'd have got more joy out of it. And I said this last week, I think, right? If it had been something that was a total subversion of his character, if it had been like a fluffy bunny or something, then I'd have been like, okay, because that was unexpected. And that would have got at least a little slight chuckle out of me, you know, because it's showing him like as, as slightly soft or whatever. But like, what what was that? And then the only man from it, like, oh my God, a giant spider. It's no like, idea. there's literally like, it, it was, you could tell it was fake. It, it didn't even look slightly real. Like, it, it didn't even stay long enough to go, what the fuck is that? It, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it was stupid. Fucking stupid. Like even the way they introduced it was anticlimactic in a back backstage segment with fucking no way, Jose. That's fast forward material. People probably don't even know what was in the box. Do you know what I mean? I think. Sorry, I don't mean to to put it, but (laughs) that that was the other thing. The way it was put across, like Eric Rowan's just there, like that's all I wanted someone to ask me politely. It's like, all right, yeah, because you're all about manners, Eric. Like that, I'm. That's genuinely the first time I've heard you fucking speak. (laughs) But what was that? Like, oh, right, that's what it was. That was our mistake, sorry. No one asked you what's in the cage that you've been taking to the ringside every day. Well, that's it. I feel like I feel like they probably went, oh, do you know what? Remember we used to have Al Snow. He used to have this little mannequin of a head. Oh, we could have a gimmick like that. We we did the same thing with fucking Perry Saturn and Moppy. You know, we, 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 need, we need the new thing. What could it be? I don't know, Eric Rowan and a fucking robot spider. I feel like... I feel like this; these are the types of conversations that WWE booking has. But and Vince is just here's like, the problem I love it. for me. It's great, right? I love it. It would probably work a little bit if it was a delusion of some sort, or it was acknowledged that it weren't a real spider. But I'm confident at some point during the storyline, someone's been bitten by that thing. Before we knew what it was, that spider drew blood. So, I genuinely think they want us to believe it's real. But it's so hard to believe it's real. It I would, you know me, what? Right, fair. I'd have preferred if it had just been like Eric's collection of WWE figures that he just plays with when he's in the back. <laughs> it's just little Bray Wyatt figures and little Bret Hart figures like, and stuff. You know, that you know that would amused me more. If we're gonna have fake, if we're gonna have a fucking toy, because that's all just, it was. Why not go the whole hog? You've just given me the best idea for a gimmick ever. Like, imagine if, if, you know, like the way the fiend collects these pictures on his wall. You know, what? What if uh, every time a wrestler beats someone, he just yeah. carries around the election like a figure? universal soldier kind of thing, just like a necklace of figures. Okay, see, see, Vince, I love it. We can make up <laughs> random stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a yeah, million times yeah, better than what yeah, they actually fucking definitely. did. To be fair, so. But, um, so speaking of the weird and paranormal, um, if you want to go there, um, Alistair Black tried to get his revenge this week um, after getting beat down by the OC, <laughs> California, um, the previous week. Um, yeah, it didn't really go. They keep doing this, don't they? Um, it it kind of makes me laugh. AJ was like, you thought it was against me? You didn't read the contract. It's actually against Carl Anderson. That is all Carl Anderson. <laughs> you know, fucking... Big threat or whatever. I think did did, did he yeah, fight Carl Anderson and Gallows before AJ? But what I loved about that, right, was not the stipulation, right? 
because, and again, I don't mean to compare shows, and I say that knowing that I'm going to compare shows quite deliberately. So you had a very similar thing in some senses with AEW, where they've gone. The stipulations before you can get to me, and I'm saying that now so you know exactly who I'm talking about, right? But Cody, Cody went into his stipulations yeah. knowing about them. So he's gone, yeah, I want to get to you. I want to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. So I will do that, right? What they've done with Alistair instead is gone, that motherfucker can't read. So that, <laughs> how does that help Alistair at all? He signs something and doesn't know what the fuck he signs. He yeah, it doesn't exactly paint him in the best light, does it? If we're ripping stuff off, he could have just gone exactly the same way. And AJ gone, no, no, you don't deserve to fight me. If you want to fight me, you have to get through them too. And Alistair going, yeah, fine, I'll plough through the pair of them. Cool, that would have made him look hard. Or at least ballsy. But no, no, let's, yeah. let's make it look like he's too stupid to understand the contract. That, that's a good idea. Well, that's it. It didn't... It... It didn't do him any favours. So not only, as you said, a lot like he can't read, but then he manages to get through two of them and then he does actually lose. Um, I think this is the first time in quite quite a while that he's actually lost now. Um, and, you know, even though all the stuff beforehand, effectively he lost clean. So it's like it yeah. didn't even help him in that regard. It, it's, so, a, it's a um, weird one. And I, I, think... I, I hate to say it because I, I made a lot of bad calls when it comes to showdown. So... I, I I might even give up predicting things and just say what I want to happen. Uh, but let's let's take a look at what's going to happen at Mania. We already know we're going to get AJ v Taker. So are we really going to have Alistair yep. come out winning at Elimination Chamber? Well, I've got an interesting theory about that. I don't know whether you, hear, you, want, to, you want to hear this now or say, you shall want to we, in the predictions. I'll hold it for predictions because apologies because I've, I've I've brought that up. But I'll try and keep the structure and we'll hold it for predictions. But I do, I'm very intrigued by your theory because at the minute I can't see any interest in this match for myself because I might, well, surely AJ is going to win. So I'd be interested to see what, you, what your opinion is on that. So, okay. Um... So yeah, so I think to round off Raw then. Um, so <laughs> to round off Raw, um, the so instead of opening the show with Randy Orton, they closed the show with Randy Orton this time. That's how they like to switch it up. Um, and you know, this time it was Beth Phoenix, you know, the the wife of Edge, coming out to kind of, you know, try and get a, an explanation. Um, Gets a level of understanding around why why he could have I mean, done that to, to, she kind to of her got husband. One. Um, well, she definitely did. Um, she definitely knows what you know <laughs> what what it felt like. But um, yeah, it was a strange one. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, it was it was good. Uh, they both put across really well. Uh, I don't want to be too unfair to to Beth because she's never really had to do this kind of acting before. But I found it hard to be convinced that she was actually crying. Um, you could tell she was she was not very oh, good yeah. at the fake she, crying. She was awful. But she's in. Well, obviously, when she was a wrestler, she was booked as like a strong woman, the glamour's on. So she's probably never really had to do that. Uh, so I don't want to be too unfair to her, but it kind of pulled me out of the story because you could see that it just weren't real. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and I, th- I think as well, um, like, you know, fair dues, uh, she gets an RKO, this, that, and the other, but fucking hell, he didn't kill her. 
Like, it literally gave her an RKO, and you had about 50 of the fucking agents in the, from the back come out. You had all, I think, fucking Natty was in there for some reason. Um, all I'm, there, I'm making, out, making out like she was fucking dead. It's like, fucking hell, she, she's a wrestler. I'm confident. <laughs> when Matt came out the second time after taking a concerto the week before and got battered on the step, no one come out, or not nowhere near as many people come out. <laughs> like, oh, no. Yeah, well, Matt's anyone. dead. There's no point in even sending the so, EMTs, he's clearly sense. dead. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we're all about equality yeah. in WWE, so, you know, women's revolution and all that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a bit yeah. bit unusual. Like like you say, it was an RKO. They didn't go for the concerto, understandably. Um, but yeah, they certainly milked it like it was as bad as what he did with Edge and Matt. Strange, really. Yeah, fucking hell. You'd, you'd think you'd think he shot her. It, it was fucking stupid. Like she was, she's shit acting, or and again just going round the houses with everything. Still not really giving you a clear clear answer. I think his uh, his line was um, he he went through a bit of a hard time and Edge talked him out of it um, and basically told him he should enjoy spending time with his kids. And now Edge wants to come back and wrestle. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna nearly fucking kill him yeah. so he can spend time with his I kids. Like, what? I like the okay. idea. I mean, he's a vegetable <laughs> now, sense. but. At least he can be with the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he wants them to be with his kids so much, he fucking smushes <laughs> yeah, his brain, so he has to break Yeah, I mean, the they have to wipe up there his drool now, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, in kayfabe, we know we so... know he's not really hurt. I hope. I mean, we've not seen him since, but... Sorry, Carl. What? Sorry. I, just, I don't want anyone to be listening and what? going... Do you know when you get them? Them. I don't mean to digress again, but you know you get them smarks on Instagram and like, and they're all like, "Oh, you know wrestling's fake." It's like, yes, I've known since the nineties that wrestling's <laughs> fake, and I'm not sure why you tell people this constantly. So, for the sake of anyone who might be tempted to go, you know wrestling's fake. Yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, I don't know who this Kay Fabe is that you speak of, though. She, she yeah, she's probably one of the them. biggest in the industry at the moment, Carl, because everyone talks about it. <laughs> okay, interesting, interesting. Um, so, yeah, so in a nutshell, that was Raw. Um, in terms of a rating from me this week, um, I think I'm going to have to give it middle of, the, middle of the ground, two and a half out of five. I think the Drew and Brock segment opening was really good. Um, we did have a tag title change, so um, it was definitely interesting in that regard. Um, you know, poor Ricochet, that's all we'll say about that. Um, I'm f- still fuming about Eric Rowe inspired, I think. I've, I've no idea where this is going to go, but they better mm-hmm. carry it on, is all I'm saying. If they just drop it, then I'll be fuming. Um, and then <laughs> just you know what's funny about our ratings, right? And we are new to it. And um, again, for those who aren't familiar with how we've decided to do these things, we, we both write separate notes before we, we do a podcast. Um, so we both write ourselves little notes. We both offer um, to ourselves before we discuss it, what our rating is going to be. And I'll be honest with you, Carl. Before I started talking about it and getting angry about certain things, I was slightly tempted to give this a four. And the reason for that being that with the, the rubbish removed, there was a lot to enjoy. And it pours into that same thing with Raw constantly that Mm -hmm. if it was a two-hour show, I'd like it more. But the more I talk about the shit that I did not like, about the stupid fucking spider, about the Alistair stuff, about Ricochet, (laughs) the more and more and more I talk about it, the more I'm like, no, 
It's bullshit. So my rating since we started talking has now dropped to a three because I can't honestly give it a four because it doesn't deserve one, especially when I'm thinking about how I rated other shows in the past, um, such as really good episodes of Dynamite and saying they were a four. I, I need to judge everyone on the same, tar everyone with the same brush. And because of that, it, it, I'm being generous saying a three, but I'll give it a three because I absolutely loved the Drew uh, Brock stuff. Um, and I did enjoy the, mm-hmm. as, as much as the way things we've just tore apart about the Orton Phoenix thing, they are really building to Edge and Orton quite well. Um, and those are two big things for me that are really going to help go into to my interest in two big matches for Mania. So I'll give it enough credit to say a three because of that. Yep, so, that makes sense. Um, that being said, are we happy to move on to Dynamite? Cool. I mean, yeah, Dynamite, it was, good, it was a good show this week. Um, weirdly, though, as good as it was, I don't think there's as much to say in terms of notable things. I don't know whether you agree with that, Carl. So I don't actually think it was that good a show. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna put it out there, I I gave um, a couple of dynamites ago a full five out of five. I think I gave last mm. week's. I think I gave it a four maybe. Um, I I think this was actually really subpar. If you think about the whole build up to Revolution yeah. and how psyched I was for that, and then obviously we we discussed the outcomes of Revolution uh, last week, and then this is kind of the start of the next phase of things. Like you say, there wasn't yeah. really that much that came out this, of it. This has um, probably been the least in terms of stuff we um, can, because obviously we're not going. Um, we experimented with going like point for point, this match, that match, this match, that match, and it doesn't work as well. So we're talking about the stuff that stuck out to us. And this is probably the first time I'm looking at it going, there wasn't a great deal of things that stuck out that really need to be talked about right now. Um, and I think that's probably a, no. a clear sign of what you're saying there, that we've come out of the pay-per-view and it's like, right, so what are we building now? Yeah, so I think um, for Dynamite, it, it kind of kicked off with Moxley coming out. Um, and I think now more than ever... Um, I can see what what you meant around like Moxley doesn't really really need the belt. I'm I'm not a massive Moxley guy in the first place. Um, I, you know, he comes out and he kind of cuts this little promo thing, and he didn't really say a hell of a lot. To be fair, he was just like, "I'm a fighting champion. I'm going to defend it and all this stuff." Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've heard it all before. Um, and then Jericho comes out, and you know that's always entertaining. Oh yeah, um, Jericho's fantastic on the mic. Um, I love I love the whole inner circle dynamic. I love it all. Um, Jericho came out, and I started to worry at this point because then, you know, I've heard murmurs that Jericho's going to um, leave soon and go on another Fozzy tour. So we started talking about, um, oh well, in the main event, um, we've got me and Sammy versus you and Darby Allen. So if if you walk out of here, like um, I'll take a hiatus. And it was like, I'll take a 30-day hiatus. I'll take a 60-day hiatus. Right. And I was like, I'll fucking take the writing that, them off telly. Um, not, not writing them off telly, but we both know what happened. <laughs> uh, and I fucking, I love the way he does stuff like this. Well, exactly. he's, a, he's an absolute bastard, but a brilliant bastard at the same time. <laughs> so he had me panicking straight away. And I'm thinking, shit, I'm just going to be left with, with Moxley here. So all that stuff happened. And obviously it was building up towards the main event, which will... Uh, yeah, um, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. We'll talk about that now. So, uh, you know, <laughs> fuck it. Um, so, the, you know, it was building up to the fact that um, the, the main event that got booked that match was Jericho was teamed with the Spanish god, um, Sammy Guevara, to take on 
um, Johnny M and Darby Allen. So really good match to be fair. Um, on paper, I was quite excited for it. Um, and then, you know, the inner circle interferes and starts to beat up um, Moxley to kind of, uh, you know, basically do what Jericho said is he's not going to walk out of here, you know, standing this, this, that and the other. Um, the match itself, I thought was all right. Um, Derby, I think he's, he still impresses me each week. Derby, I think he is going to go on to have a really good um, career. I think, I think when they introduce a second title, um, like a, like a sub level one, I can see him uh, yeah. winning that very, very soon. Uh, but, yeah, so the match itself kind of took place. Um, they tried to take out Moxley. Moxley comes down towards the end. Um, and basically, in a circle, do pick up the win. But, um, like, Moxley then comes and starts to clear house and stuff. So I was like, fuck, he's, you know, he's going to walk out of here on his two feet. What's that mean? Is Jericho going kind of thing? But then, you know, as you said, uh, he's a bastard, isn't he? Because, uh, well, as we know... <laughs> Jericho was a man of his word, essentially. He uh, he rendered Moxley, or him in the circle, rendered Moxley unable to walk out unaided. And therefore, the uh, the hiatus isn't going to stick. So we now have, I don't even know how much of Jericho we're going to have because apparently he is doing a tour with Ozzy. So I don't know how that's going to work. But So I think I've read, I've read um, his tour doesn't have any Wednesday dates. But there's going to be some follow. dedication of... He's on tour. Unless they're going to follow AEW and just go to the same cities. <laughs> That'd be hilarious to be sure. I don't know. I'll give that man <laughs> due for his commitments. I mean, even like he still manages to keep the uh, the, the the wrestling crews going and he just put AEW on the boat that week. It was fucking, He's just a nutcase, man. Uh, fair play to him. He is. Yeah, he's, he's truly he's, he's amazing, isn't he? But. Um, yeah, I, I love the way he does that. Like, he built it up over the internet. He built it up at the beginning of the night. And you just really felt like, shit, he's going to go here. And we know in real life why. We know it's going to be for the tour with Fozzy. And then he just fucking played with us. He played with everyone. And that's what it's about for me. Like, when you're not just sitting in kayfabe, you're actually messing with, with what we understand. Because he knows that we can all see what's happening in the real world. So he's playing with that as well. So you just never know what to trust with him. And it makes it interesting. So, I mean, obviously, anything that involves Jericho, yeah, fucking solid win. Yeah. Um, so, even, even though I'm saying it wasn't a brilliant episode, um, I did think the way you can't, like, I, I did like their promo. I did like the, yeah, the whole stipulation putting it on exactly the line. The stipulation um, goes, wasn't I did it? Like the way it wasn't it just ended, about so. who wins the match. You know, you had this extra little bit on there. So, it was it was an interesting to add that in as well. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the other highlights of the show was uh, Cody. Um, so Cody came out um, basically all quite somber with his awful neck tattoo. Um, I'm not sure whether he was somber because he lost the ma- uh, match with MJF or because he just realised um, yeah, that, that, realize that nobody um, likes it. I mean, but either way, <laughs> I think it, uh, you said last week that Brandy herself has said she doesn't like it, so maybe that's why he's sulking. Um, yeah. That's it. I mean, he has to sleep in a different room now. I do feel sorry for him because his own brother can wear half a face paint or dress up in old gold or whatever. And everyone's like, yeah, you're cool, Dustin, or gold dust or whatever you're going to be this week. He gets a stupid tattoo on his neck and everyone agrees that it looks fucking stupid. And when, when Dustin's there with half a red face telling you you look stupid, that, that says a lot. Well, exactly. Um, so he came out and uh, he basically talking about how he... You know, he's, he's struggling to accept his loss. Um, 
the, the, the only way he, he would accept it is if MJF comes down and says that he beat him clean, which I thought was a bit of a weird yeah. promo, if I'm honest. I didn't really get what he was chatting. What, what a weird thing to say. Like, we, we know he didn't beat him clean, yeah. so what, what are you actually chatting? Um, but then I was very, very pleasantly surprised by a very slightly remixed but very familiar um, entrance yes. music of Jake the Snake Roberts. So um, I was like, what the fuck? So I did mark out a little bit for that because I, I couldn't believe I was I was a little that. bit worried, and I'll be honest, because I was like, the first thought in my head was, ah, shit, they're trying to pull a lot of old stars here, and this is this is kind of the mistake TNA made. And I was a little bit worried. But you know what? It was so mm. good seeing a, a healthy, better-looking Jake the Snake than we've seen in so long. Uh, it's nice to see that he's, he's just on the right path now as well. It was... Uh, I don't know. I can't. I can't not be happy to see him. I'll be honest. Yeah, and I think you know, massive shout out to DDP as well for everything he did. I mean, I, you've seen the film Beyond the Mat. You've seen the, the you know the stuff, the backstage stuff. You've seen shit on YouTube mm-hmm. where how bad Jake was. Do you know what I mean? To see him, you know, in this this day and age, actually fucking not even just alive yeah. but thriving. Yeah. It was really. It was amazing to see, and I've always thought I've always thought Jake was a fantastic promo. Like I've been watching him for years. You know, I started watching like um, WWF at the time in like nineteen ninety one, nineteen ninety two, when I was really young. And I've always loved the Jake. You might be able to answer for me, actually. And he, sorry, to he you it might be able to answer this for me. Is it true that despite how famous Jake the Snake is, he never actually held a title in WWE? Um, he's never crazy, he's never held anything. No. I didn't believe that when I heard. Yeah, it it's literally just just his gimmick and just his promo insane, skills. What's got him and over he's someone who really he clearly didn't need the title because everyone knows who Jake the Snake Roberts is. But I, you know, when you go, that doesn't feel right. I I read that or heard that somewhere, and I'm like, no, surely not. And um, yeah, I thought to myself, if anyone's gonna know, Carl's gonna know. And that how unreal is that? Like it feels like he's somebody who should have had a title. How has that not been the case? That's it. It's mad. But I think that, I mean, it's it's no secret that, that that was my kind of favourite couple of years of wrestling was like between 91 and 93. And if you look at the roster that was there and WWF at that time, it was absolutely fucking stacked. So you can kind of see why, um, you know, someone like him never held one of the major titles because there was just so much talent there. But like you said, he never needed it. And I think... Um, if, if anything, it, it kind of, it's even, it shows that he's had even more success without yeah. needing the title to give him that. So massive fair, fair play to him. But, you know, he came out and he delivered a fantastic promo, I thought. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, he basically was just like calling um, calling Cody a bitch and, you know, he, he put a fantastic line in there about um, someone's always told him never to turn his back on someone that, he respects and then he, he fucking turns his back on him and walks out. But the big the big kind of thing he dropped in there was that he's uh yeah. he's gonna be representing a new client now, um, on AEW. We've we've obviously mentioned this to each other over the week. Um and there there are two big rumors for who this client could be. Uh and it's no disrespect to the other one, um, whose name escapes me at the moment. But the the one I hope it is because I know who it is, is um uh, he now goes by the name Brody Lee, but we'd know him from WWE as Luke Harper. Um, and I sincerely hope, because he was a very underrated wrestler in WWE, I sincerely hope that is the case. 
and it's no disrespect to. Uh, sorry, do you know the name of the other chap? Uh, yeah, so, so the other now, guys. Lance I don't really Archer. know anything about Lance, so it's not that it, it wouldn't be good if it was him. It's just I don't really have any sort of knowledge of him to know who he is or to know how good that would be. Um, so obviously for me, I'm just like, yeah, let it be Luke. That'd be awesome. It'd be it'd be good for him to get a good bit of you know a bit of good uh, <laughs> good fame, if as it were, because WWE didn't really do a lot for him other than being in the in the Wyatt family. Well, that's it. I, I'm, I'm not really that big, big on uh, Lance Archer either. I know that he's, you know, he's a bit of an internet Man. wrestling community darling at the moment. I think he's done some decent stuff in Japan, um, done some de- decent stuff on the indies, and you know, he's he's very over with the with the wrestling fan base. But um, I, I completely agree with you. I, to be honest, I'm not even. I didn't even know yet that Brody Lee's signed with AEW or anything like that. But if anything, I want him. I want it to be him, just because. As you've said, I know him a lot more, but also it'd be even we've already had announced that this Lance, Lance Archer guy is coming to AEW soon, so it'd be even more yeah, of a yeah. surprise. I'd to take have points, it'd be unexpected in some Although the rumor mills worked its way out, and, and it's one of the names thrown on the list, there's no confirmation that he's actually gone to AEW, so it would still, it'd be more surprising than Archer. So, uh, yeah, fair point, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think um, it'd be amazing for, for um. Brody Lee or Luke Harper, whatever you want to call him, to be in AEW. I think I said on the last show, um, I think they're crying out for some yeah, I mean, like big man kind of um, talent. You know, they've only really got Wardlow at the moment, so someone like yeah. him would well, be a big, uh, big get. Um, they've kind of got Luchasaurus. Well, that, and, it and would be. Wardlow. I mean, um, Brody Lee, as I'll, I'll try and call him from now on, because uh, we don't want WWE to sue us. Um, yeah, he's like, well, he's six foot five. He was a beast of a man. Sadly, he walked next to Braun Strowman most of his career, so he didn't look it. But um, he, he is, like you say, he'd be a good, he'd be a good big guy to put into AEW. So that that I think would be a fantastic addition. Whether it's with Jake or not, he'd be a fantastic addition to the show. Yeah, definitely. So I think I'm uh, I'm very excited. One one. Uh... I don't know whether you want to call it a rumour or such, but one thing I've heard um, about this, I know you mentioned before that you had like some reservations about them bringing back yeah. all these old stars, but I've heard that potentially they could be doing it to build up like a Legends roster for the AEW oh, game. Okay, yeah. That makes video a game. bit of sense, to be fair, because we've got DDP, we've got Dustin, we've got Jake the Snake Roberts now, in theory. So, um, yeah, that'd be a nice Legends roster. Yeah, they had, um, they had Bret Hart, um, Bret Hart was there at one point as well so yeah they've obviously got Arn Anderson who's a manager at the minute so they've they definitely got a lot of the they've even got um, what's his face oh, yeah, Blanchard one of the other four horsemen, and they have, so, um, um, again apologies so to the, all those who have been into wrestling a lot longer than I have um, they had those two uh, that tag team as well that legendary tag team didn't they come out who the fuck were they oh, shit yeah. <laughs> um, who what I think it was the Rock and Roll Express when they came back for the Young Bucks, didn't they, at one point? Um, uh, so that give them a bit of a shout. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's a good few legends there. So in, in the interest of a Legends roster for a game, that'd be awesome. Well, yeah, I think um, if, if that is what they're doing, it's also just very smart because I don't feel like any of them have been out of place. I feel like, I don't know whether it's because I'm, you know, I have that kind of nostalgia about wrestling anyway. Um, so I just like to see them pop up from time to time, but I don't feel like it's been 
like a TNA thing where they're just using them because they're names. Yeah. I feel like they've all kind of cropped up, done a little bit, and then fucked off again. Weirdly, you know, I think not really overstayed the. World. I think you're right, and I think what kind of helps that is the fact that it kind of centers around Cody a lot of the time, who obviously is a legacy, and everyone knows his dad and his brother is is you know a legend already anyway. So I think it it's it's handy that it sort of centers around that family in some senses not always obviously because i just mentioned the rock and roll express who um they they were sort of putting over the young books as, as a, a the, you know one of the best tag teams of this generation so um you know it doesn't always have to be the case but like jake the snake roberts ddp and all that it makes sense that their connection is with uh the Rhodes family you know so it doesn't like tna was always out yeah. of place because yeah they pulled hogan in uh but like it was just rich people paying for old stars. There wasn't any connection, really, that I could see, anyway. Hmm. That's it. it. It it just makes more sense. feels a bit more cohesive when, when yeah, someone does totally rock agree. up to AEW. And um, as I say, it was only a slight fear for me because they're, they're not putting on bad shows, which TNA weren't just pulling legends in. They were putting on some bad shows. So um, it's, it's not it's not the deciding yeah. factor. It's just that... TNA were doing it when they were desperate, and I'm not saying AEW were desperate, but I wouldn't want them to rely on on big names because they've they so far from what I see, they're good at putting people over. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the only other bit that I I, I kind of pulled out from the whole of Dynamite was um the bastard pack um has formed a new. New stable, to be honest, the, the Bastard Lucha Pack sounds like a stable in itself. Um, I know that's just his name, but <laughs> well, to be fair, I do feel like they've missed they missed a trick there. Instead of because they've called them Death Triangle, I feel like they should have just called them the yeah. Lucha Bastards. How is it not the Lucha Bastards? <laughs> um, I don't. Death Triangle <laughs> you know sounds I mean? like a but... shit like metal band in some way. Um, I'm not. Yeah. Nah, mm, I don't. I don't get really it. Fitting, is it. But. Um, that being said, I don't mind. Well, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't mind the pairing because the Lucha Brothers are good, and uh, shit, what's his name? Pack is good. Uh, sorry, I, I want to be clear on this. I did not forget his name. I just went to call him Neville, and I don't want to call him Neville. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, so they're both good, but this is where, in a similar vein to WWE, I can't just go. That wrestler's good, and that wrestler's good. Let's smash them together. So I'm a bit unsure about this um, because, I don't know, mm. do, do they fit together really? But we'll see because they're all very, very talented, and if anyone's going to put that that stable together in a, in a good way, it'll be Pac, to be fair. I feel, part of me feels like what they're trying to do is put together like a... Um... Like a triple threat tournament, because if you look, there's so many like teams of three or, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? It just seems it seems like they're setting it up to do some sort of big big scale tournament. I don't know whether they're gonna do it where like basically if it's a a, th- a three man versus three man versus three man kind of tournament, then um, the tag team gets a tag team title shot and the third person gets a no. shot at the main title or something. But I feel I feel like something like that's on the horizon because yeah. there's just teams of three everywhere. Like you could, I'll take your point. Six or seven um, teams you and play. maybe they are building up to try and do something a bit different. But when when a decent tag team division is, is a rarity, 
maybe concentrate on that rather than trying to set something unheard of up. You know what I mean? So again, I'm a little yeah. on the fence. I'll be honest. Um, I, nothing that they did was bad, but I'm a little on the fence about the, this new triangle, as it were. And um, it'd be interesting to see if they are trying to build a something. But for me, it's like well, you've got as far as tag team divisions go, you've got a stronger one than WWE at this point. I would say. Yeah, I think. Um... They're definitely competing. I think, um, to be fair, WWE's kind of uh, grown theirs as well of late. I think yeah. they never used to even really have one, but I think since uh, since Trip has got involved, in, like WWE's kind of got quite a few going for them. But AEW has definitely um, got a decent amount. Kind of AEW churning through there, so they haven't been going yeah. long enough for you to go. Well, that's random. Uh, I don't suppose. But the trouble I've got with WWE is they've they've got good tag teams coming up like AOP or the Viking Raiders even. Uh, where they, they are tag teams and you can believe them as tag teams and you could put them across, but then we still keep getting stupid calls, which I, I hate to harp on, but we get getting stupid calls like, well, let's put the straps on uh, on Rollins and Murphy, who we slapped together, or let's slap KO and Samoa Joe together. It's like, why do you need to do that? Um, so whilst they are increasing the numbers tag team-wise and they are trying to put more into the tag team division, uh, AEW just feels more natural and it just feels like it's stronger. Like, like, yeah. Um, yeah, obviously the Young Bucks or Santana and Ortiz, um, and even the Butcher and the Blade. You know, they all they all feel like they were meant to be together as a tag team. You know, um, I do I do much prefer that. It reminds me of like old exactly. school tag teams, like they dress the same. They've got a name. You know what I mean? Whereas in WWE, you do just get like yeah. and that's, that's and I don't know what that that's, is, but that kind of bugs me. Okay. That you can't even. It's like. We're not even going to be a tag team long enough to have a name. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Just lazy. But yeah, so I think that being said, that they were all yeah, the highlights I have this week's dynamite. We just so want to mention one before we go to the ratings. Not so much a highlight per se, but I think it deserves a mention because it, it's further build to a few, as it would seem, was um, Hangman uh, Page flipping off, uh, I think it was Matt Jackson. Uh, so it seems like they're still building that tension between the yeah. young books and, and potentially just Hangman. I'm not quite sure where they're going with it, but um, just a little mention really that they are still trying to build towards something there. Yeah, I did. I, I didn't like that segment. You know, I, I yeah. felt like it was really forced. I felt like it just, yeah, it just didn't belong. Uh, Do you know what I mean? I think it's one of them where sadly it was clearly put together. So they could have that moment. I think the whole thing was centered around that moment of tension between those two. Um, so it felt kind of put together mm-hmm. rather than something natural. And then that happened. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think that's probably what you're seeing in that was like, it wasn't yeah. the strongest part of the show. Um, it was just more like, well, again, it was all sort of designed to build that tension for that particular feud. But, uh, you know, it was there and it happened. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> happened. Um, so yeah, so I think from a rating perspective, again, middle of the road, gave it exactly the same as I gave Raw, two and a half. There was good bits, but for me, comparing this Dynamite against the last few, and I know I know the last few were much further on in the builds, and you know they've, they've been able to build it for a significantly longer period of time, but nothing really. Do you know what I mean? So the the, the Jake Roberts thing was fantastic, and it's piqued me interest. Me interest who is 
you know, who his uh, client is and, and what that means for Cody going forward. And obviously, any, you know, I, I mean, I'm interested to see Pac as a leader of a stable because I think yeah. it, I really like his bastard gimmick. So it'd be good to see him actually as a leader or something. Um, and, you know, the Jericho stuff was okay too, but everything else just sort of felt like filler. It didn't really land for me. I don't feel like there was, a, there was enough in the way of new storytelling. Um, yeah. so I hate me, to borrow from what other people have said, but just another uh, another little mention as well was um, people, and I don't know how you feel about this, and this is why I want to mention it, but I read somewhere about like basically this this sort of snark comment about, right, so we've just dropped the Nightmare Collective, and now you're putting Pac and the Lucha Brothers together with a very similar sort of collective kind of gimmick. Um how do you feel about the comparison there? Because I don't know if it's there or not, but it, yeah, it does feel like they've sort of dropped one sort of like factiony storyline for another. Um, but I do think this one has the potential to be a lot better. Yeah, I'd, I don't really draw the parallels, to be fair. I think it was... it. it I wouldn't say this one kind of feels like it's come from nowhere because they did, they did do an element to, to build in it. But yeah, I... I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily say it was that similar to the Nightmare Collective thing at all. I think I'm just interested to see where where he takes it. I think now as as a group and and what that means. Obviously, they're gonna um, have a program yeah. with the best friends. So um, I'm just I'm interested to see what that means. I think the match that Pack and Orange Cassidy had was, uh, uh, Revolution was fantastic. So I'm, 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 keen, I'm, keen, it was, it was really I'm keen to kind of. <laughs> I just want to see them build on that, I suppose. So um interested to see where it goes. But I'm just happy that the likes of Neville is, you know, if you think about how WWE used him as fucking, you know, whatever that was, Adrian Neville to Neville to fucking 205 Live. It's like, God knows what to do. Wasn't it like the man that Gravity forgot or some shit like that as well? Exactly. I'll yeah, so they just they butchered him. So to see him kind of go onto AEW with this bastard gimmick and then now the leader of a, you know, a stable. I think. Yeah, it's I'm, nice I'm to, see him, to see him in that position. It really is. Um, I know they give him a touch of the heel mm. sort of heat on uh, when he jumped down to the um, 205 live, but um, it's it's just nice to see. I think he plays a fantastic bad guy. Uh, he's, a, he's a brilliant bastard, basically. But uh, yeah, I... <laughs> I think I'm in the same boat as you. Um, a slightly different rating. I, I do want to give it a three. But um, yeah, uh, same rating as Raw. Mm-hmm. The same rating as I give Raw. Um, and that is not to... I still think uh, Dynamite was a better show this week. If I had to pick one to watch, it would have been that. Um, but mostly because Raw took the hours of my life. Um, I do think Raw would actually do fair better, and I've said it a couple of times, but it would fare better as a shorter show with some of the shit cut out. <laughs> I didn't really watch NXT. Fair enough. I'll be honest now. You didn't miss anything. You didn't. You didn't miss anything so much, Carl. <laughs> but as far as highlights go, I'll tell you, we had a woman's cage match and a man's cage match. So, what rating do you want to give it? <laughs> 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 I don't know I feel like uh, if I was to read it I'd be a bit cagey um, no, to give it a little bit of seriousness and I'm not going to if you're okay with it I'm not really going to go on about NXT all too long um, and the reason for that is because it was it was quite flat um, 
So we had a women's cage match. I believe it was Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox. Um, now, I, I don't know what the deal is here. I haven't really seen any build-up between the two, but here we are. Um, and it's a cage match, you know, war games. Yay. Uh, okay. Uh, I, again, it was, it was a decent match, but as far as storyline goes, I don't know what we were building. Um, one of your favourite wrestlers actually had a match, uh, Carl, and I think she deserves a mention, and that is obviously Shotzi Blackheart. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, My favourite wrestler. <laughs> and I know you, you gave her a massive shout-out on the on the Rumble Talk um, for, obviously, her really well-put-together uh, gimmick and attire. Um, I think that was uh, was a custom character, too, on SmackDown vs. Raw. I think that's what she's going for. Yeah. I think it um, was a preset, yeah. So she had a match. <laughs> uh, again, nothing of note. The one mention I will give is that they seem to have moved Keith Lee into some sort of feud or potential feud with Cameron Grimes, which purely was built out of last week. Um, so I'm not quite sure what the deal is there. Um, it feels like he came out last week, had a match, and it's like, okay, now I want a feud with Keith Lee. Sure, I think Keith deserves a bit more, but I don't really know Cameron Grimes. Um... Uh, other notable things we had the other cage match was Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong obviously that was really good to watch it was sort of built up well because they've had this feud and this history going forward so that was an actual uh, and I'm not trying to be unfair to NXT but that was a really good match because there was something to it there's something that's been built up to it for me Um, but overall like i I don't want to. I don't know. I've not been in NXT long enough to 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 make these comments. So apologies if anyone gets offended by it. But like, are they even trying to compete with Dynamite? Do you know what makes me sad about NXT is I used to watch like religiously NXT. I used to watch it more than I used to watch SmackDown and Raw. Um, I used to love it. It was fantastic. Like the character development, it was different. Um, and it's just such a shame that, you know, now that they're actually up against a really strong product in yeah. AEW at the same time slot. It's just fallen flat. It's like somebody's not really, they're not putting any effort in now or something. I don't know. This just, it, it this just is, doesn't, it doesn't excite me. Just, like, there's no one there. I mean, you've maybe got, you've brought Finn Balor there, but he's, you know, well, he's, fucking hell. He's, he's sort of concentrating on going for the NXT um, UK title, got, so... It's not even proper, like it's not even the weekly NXT exactly. that we're we're getting from him, really. It's just all over the place. Like for me, that the only draws there for me at the minute is Finn Balor, who, as you've said, is chasing the UK title. Um, you could maybe say the fucking bros are waiting for even then they're a bit like meh. And then um, you've got Adam Cole, who's decent. I think he he deserves to be on the main roster. But other than that, I mean, oh, don't get me wrong, Vel- Velveteen Dream as well. He is decent, but. I, I'm just there's nothing there like if, if you look back when you know they used to have fucking um, Owens there you know what I mean they used to have like the, these big fucking dead good stars and you would you'd watch it and you'd be really into it and now it's just I don't want to tune in to watch fucking Roderick Strong I don't want to tune in to watch fucking what's that a fucking yeah. Austin Theory or whatever his name and is and even the name. people like, whose names you like were big or slightly are still big like the borrowing all the women to build up this women's revolution, women's division on other shows. So now we've lost 
Shayna and we've lost Rhea. Um, and we're left with like what? Uh, Tommaso Ciampa, who's going a bit stale, and um, Johnny Gargano, who is in the same boat as like stop fighting each other and, and do something decent. One of them is obviously going to get pulled to the, the, the main roster, as it were, even though we're, we're trying to legitimize NXT as its own show. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's fallen very, very flat lately, and it's probably because that is the the go to thing for WWE is like we'll pick the cream of the crop and then we'll leave you with what you've got left and, and build us up some more stars for next time we steal from you, and that's all they do. Um, but yeah, there was mm. just there was nothing here for me. I mean, I, I dare say I'm going to give it I'll give it two stars because it you know there was a couple of cage matches it should be exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I didn't watch it. Um, I I read a recap. But as soon, as soon as I found out they were putting two cage matches up there, I say this every week now, they're just scared. I feel like, I feel like they're literally just shit in the bed because they know they're getting creamed in the ratings and they don't know what to do. So they're trying to do these different things like, oh, we'll, we'll put cage matches on. And it's just like, well, why? Like, forget, you don't just put gimmick matches on, just make us care. It feels about like a, a direct reaction to, like, a, a Dynamite have gone, they had a cage match on a, a, a free normal weekly dynamite not a pay-per-view nothing like that just a cage match on a normal show that you can catch on on for us itv or, or whatever channels got it in in america um and it feels like a direct reaction to that that nxt have gone well they had one cage match we'll have two and you're like all right calm down. this doesn't work like them <laughs> well i think well now um i think it's i think it's next week's dynamite has got um their version of war games on it, the blood and guts oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, or whatever they're calling it. Um, so, so I don't know. They're just going to go back and forth. I think it'll be war games again now on yeah. NXT the following week, <laughs> just to kind yeah, of keep it's, pace. Uh, it's not good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll give it two for effort. Uh, well, I say effort. Was there any effort there really? I'll give it two because there was cage matches. That <laughs> otherwise it'd have been a one. There was nothing there for me. Right. So yeah. you give it, you it give it one, one for each cage. Each cage. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. how I'm it makes sense. It. Yeah, like um, it. but honestly, yeah, there was, it, <laughs> it, 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 there was nothing there to excite me. Uh, I'm gonna keep going with it. it. I might start getting to know these characters better and start loving it a bit more. But I honestly don't think it's a character thing. I don't think it's the fact that I've I've only just come into it. I think it's the fact that they're not really building anything up very well. After three. You know, after four mm. weeks of watching it, I, I should right. be starting to familiarise with some of the storylines going on here. And I don't feel like I am. No, I feel like it, it like, and fair dudes, I'm not giving it the investment that I probably need to. But at the same time, being a former NXT fan and really enjoying that show, looking at it from afar, there's nothing there that makes me want to watch it. And I'm not hearing good things either. So I just feel like it would be a yeah, waste of I time agree. to carry on watching it at the moment. We, we can't really say what's going to happen on SmackDown. Before we go into the, the, the Chamber predictions, we'll give a quick mention to, um, you know, it, it's going to be nice to see the NWO uh, on a moment of bliss because, for starters, it's a moment of bliss. I've never seen a bad one. And secondly, it's the NWO. Always nice to see them, even if I can't understand what Scott Hall's saying anymore. Um, hey, hey, yo. yo. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless... <laughs> And I do just want to again before we go into predictions. Um, when did X Pac become such a big part of NWO? Is it just because Hogan's busy, or what? I mean, 
he technically was there early on. Um, I think it was when he was he was called Six Pack. I think. Um, Yeah. yeah. So he technically was. I don't know whether he was. He wasn't an original. Do you know what I mean? He was there early on. But I feel like they're just going. We're talking to NWO because they're going into Hall of Fame together. Um. So it makes sense that we're talking to the NWO, but like to me, if you're talking to the NWO, the people who made the NWO and the people who were going into the Hall of Fame and the people who are going to be there on the night, where's Hogan? Why is it X Pac? It just feels weird. Um, yeah, I mean, if if anything, it should be um, Hogan, Nash, Hall, and Bischoff. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I mean Bischoff's not going to be anywhere near WWE at the minute, but yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. but yeah I won't talk too much on, on predictions like oh the, what's going to happen on Smackdown that, that's one notable one we're not going to start talking matches but I just wanted to give them a little bit of a mention um, but yeah going into to the Elimination Chamber predictions um, obviously uh, are you happy to me just, just run through the matches we've got and, uh, and what I think are you happy with that so, um, so yes, obviously yeah. we've got the US title scene um, yes it's still a thing there's still a US title um, the US title along with Andrade have been on a, an, a wellness violation or whatever suspension we've had but we're back now and, <laughs> and we're fighting family are they family uh, I, I, I don't know I don't want to it, it might come off vaguely racist but some of them are related right I don't know <laughs> I think so, so Apparently. Obviously, we've had. I, I, it almost feels for me like Andrade doesn't fit into this, other than the fact he's the one who holds the title picture. We've been building up um, uh, quite nicely with Angel Garza, uh, but now we're back to Andrade versus Humberto. So okay, yeah. that's what's that's what's annoying. And like I, I knew this was going to happen. Like literally, they brought in Angel Garza. He's done a fantastic job while fucking Andrade was, you know, off fucking. Fucking sniffing. I the way you're going with that. Fucking. Well, yeah. Who knows what it wasn't fucking. Um, but, but yeah, so like they, they've done all this. They've you know had a really good because um, it started off with Andrade oh, yeah, and Umberto, yeah. didn't it? Eight fucking ages ago. But then they brought him in. They brought Garza in as fucking Umberto's cousin, um, and they, if anything, had better fucking. Chemistry and better story oh, yeah, than Andrade in the first place, and then fucking Andrade comes back um, off his wellness violation, and then he's straight back into the picture I mean, and fucking Gaza. At least Andrade makes a little bit more sense than Rabian in the picture. Well, yeah, I'm fucking hell <laughs> again. Like it sounds vaguely racist. Honestly, it was like throw the it, even Ray felt a bit like that. He's like he's ran out. Like, no, guys, we have to all get along. We're Mexican. Like, what? Why is he there? <laughs> You're my essay, essay. <laughs> oh, Eddie, <laughs> please help me make these essays be essays, Eddie. I, know, I was like, oh, well, what shares are you wearing this week, Ray? Yeah. Um, <laughs> God. I think, yeah. did you send me that picture as well? You, you wanted it. <laughs> Just come out wearing an Eddie Guerrero <laughs> t-shirt. It's like, fuck sake, man. Let him rest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he can't, he can't he, let even, it go, even can Vicky he? Vicky doesn't use it that much in her last name's Guerrero. Oh, exactly. No, it's fucking crazy Any, shit, Sorry, I don't mean honestly. to digress onto, onto Ray. Um, but I uh, I reckon Umberto's going to take the title. That's my prediction for that one. 
I really don't. <laughs> um, so, WWE a massive on Andrade because he's Charlotte Flair's bitch. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, them two are knocking boots in real life. And obviously, they're really big on Charlotte. So, Andrade. Did, did by, Andrade by get any say in the matter, or did she just insist that they were a couple and he has to go along with it because it's Charlotte and she gets what she wants? I feel like it pretty much went the same way as it would do on Futurama, where she was just like Snoo Snoo and Andrade it was just like, okay. Um, well, um, yeah. And it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you think she so, still says we? I, I, I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she didn't go snoo snoo, she just went woo woo. Um and it mm. happened. But um yeah, I don't I don't think that they will I don't think they're gonna book him to lose because look, there's nothing else for him at the minute and they want him to be prominent on the um WrestleMania card, I, I would imagine. He, even if they end up relegating I mean, him he's to got the pre show or something, they, I mean, they want they're gonna want him the to US have a level of stature. Any though. sort of showing on WrestleMania now that can't happen. He's definitely a pre-show guy, <laughs> definitely. Well, I feel like I feel like they might go down the route of like Andrade versus Ray or something. Obviously, it's going to be fucking yeah. one of the other Mexican guys. So, unless unless they do something yeah. with um, you know with Gaza now. where he fucking turns Andrade on comes out with Selena Vega, and then Ray comes out with the spirit of Eddie. Probably even build. It'll probably even say that Ray Mysterio <laughs> coming to the ring with the spirit of Eddie Guerrero. That that's what they're going to say. I can see it now. It would not surprise me. It's literally just Ray um, walking behind and it's just a fucking low rider. Well, no Ray is a stone throw from coming out to Eddie's music. That, that <laughs> might happen at WrestleMania. He might come out to Eddie's music because, you know, has he mentioned that they were friends? I think there'll be some, there'll be some sort of tribute. So you'll have fucking Latino fucking... I- Ray or something. He's going to come out wearing his attire, isn't um, he? Uh, something's going to happen. I, he, he's, I, I don't know how I'm back on moaning about this, but seriously, like Ray's a good good wrestler. He's built himself up anyway. He doesn't need to keep mentioning Eddie Guerrero. We get it. You were close. And it's really sad that he's not around. He was a legend. But, you know, just wrestle and start mentioning it. Yeah. I think... Um... I think in terms of this this fucking thing, I think Humberto is going to be. I don't think they're going to have anything for him after this. I think he's just like the the little fucking bump in the road. I think what they'll ultimately do with Andrade, depending on how they shape the rest of the card, they're either going to not back him and they'll put him they'll put him in some sort of multi man match on the pre show, or they will back him and they'll put him against Ray um, at Mania in some sort of like fucking mask versus hair match mm-hmm. or something. You know, some sort of stipulation thing. Because um, they've been wanting to do something with Ray and masks for fucking years. <laughs> they tried to do Ray and Sin Cara and break a world record for the no, most dude. fucking masks being worn or something. Because you know, because yeah. they're fucking weird like that. So depends depends how the card stacks up. But I don't think Umberto's got any kind of part to play in the US title no, picture. Um, I so um, I'll, I'll say no. Sadly, I think you're right. I really do. But I would love for the Andrade. Uh, you're gonna keep I'll stick with my prediction just for the sake of that's what I said originally. But what you're saying makes a lot of sense, and that's the sad thing. And it's not sad because you're saying it and I'm wrong. It's it's sad because I, I would like to see Humberto 
take the title and then move into a, a, a carry on this whole thing of of Angel Garza. Um, I I I have a horrible feeling. You're right, and um, I I would have liked to have seen a, a tag team of formation being formed of Andrade and Ray. We could have even called it Andrade Ray. Andrade, that works. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, um, let's go with it. Fuck it. Um, why not? But yeah, I, I, I have a horrible feeling you're right. And I only say that because I don't want Andrade to keep the title. And I don't want him to keep the title purely based on who he's currently sleeping with. But um, fuck it, you're right, aren't you? <laughs> well, um so yeah that uh, well you know it is what it is with that we'll we'll see and i'll i'll quietly hope but uh yeah i think i think you might have called that one right i mean that's why originally we called the predictions carl calls it because uh, you usually write about these things <laughs> there we go um so we have the raw tag titles um the uh the 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 uh private party no, sorry, Street Profits because it's WWE um, versus, <laughs> versus Rollins and, and the Ginger Fella. Um, nice. Yeah, I think the Street Profits are going to keep the titles. I, I'd be very surprised if they dropped them back onto Rollins and Murphy. The fact that they lost them in the first place um, on Raw says to me like that that's inevitably what's going to happen. I did say that... Um, and I, I, I sorry because it's a little bit repetitive, but obviously Rollins is, is taking a break as we all know, so I can't see them putting the titles back on him just to lose them again at Mania. It'd just be an absolute fucking mess. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I, I agree. I don't think the Street Profits will lose. Um, it's just, it's. I mean, it's just predictable, isn't it? Like, obviously, they're not going to beat um, Rollins and Murphy clean, so there's going to be some sort of Kevin Owens involvement in there. So. Is it just going to be a fucking replay of what we saw on Raw then, basically? Probably. You know what I mean? Like, they just literally they've run I, out of ideas. I reckon it'll probably be almost <laughs> beat for beat what happened so. on Raw, yeah. Um, the only thing I would want to say with this, and it's not yeah. never going to happen, and it's not related to the match, but I've been mulling this over in my little head. Um, I don't think the Street Profits are good talkers. I think they think they are. I think possibly Vince thinks they are. But... I don't like. I don't think they're very good on the mic. I don't like. I don't think they're good at selling themselves. And yeah, I, I think it's a bit of a mess. But you know what? I think would be good. You know who I think would be good on the mic, a good manager for them, and fit into their whole gimmick really well. Montel Vontavious Porter. Come. On. I think if he wants to be. In and around the industry, but not a full-on wrestler, which he's kind of said to Drew. Um, but he still wants to be involved, and it was nice to see him back. He got a pop, and he would fit well into their gimmick. I think he'd be a fantastic manager for them, and he would actually be able to put them across on the mic better than they currently can. Because they are new. They are green. They are men. I, I think that would be... That'd be uh... That would be a really good shout, to be fair. Either either him or Teddy Long. Oh, my God. How good would it be to see Teddy? <laughs> oh, I love it. Even just to hear that music. Maybe. Maybe um, we'll see on the pre-show at WrestleMania. I don't know the law very well, but if MVP becomes their manager, I'm going to try and sue you. <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, if he's like... not, Ricochet's going to tell him. So... 
Uh, for the record, I'm not yeah, actually going to try and sue you, Vince. Do something good, you know. And yes, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you now that that's good. Yeah, my booking is good. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> what MVP is their manager? I have confidence <laughs> in this. Um, so unrelated to that, but yeah, I think Street Profits going to win that. Um, Same. And I think it'll be a Kevin Owens interference somehow. Oh yeah, I mean, some way. The end of the day, just seeing Big Kev on the old Elimination Chamber would be nice. Um, because as we know, and it's not a prediction we can oh, yeah. give, as we know, they've gone, fuck it, let's not have a men's Elimination Chamber. So, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. Because um, uh, it's probably the best time to, to gripe about it. Um, the fact that it's like, this this is the booking now, that, you know, Roman Reigns... Literally, we're talking about SmackDown at this point, but they don't seem to be doing a Raw one either. But Roman Reigns walks out and goes, I'm next. And that's how we book WrestleMania now. So there's no need for an Elimination Chamber match. Um, obviously, there's no need for one with Raw. It's At least they're not doing it. like Because the women's one, which we might as well make the next prediction because I'm going to moan about it for a second. Um, the women's one is pointless anyway, and they're still going ahead with it. So at least they're not put an Elimination Chamber match in there and making us go, oh, I wonder who's going to win when we all know who's going to win. Well, I mean, knowing Vince like we know Vince, um, apparently he was very disappointed with the uh, Shayna yeah. Baszler match on Raw oh, this week. <laughs> um, so, so it, it wouldn't fucking surprise me if you see someone like fucking... Um, Maybe riot or something win. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't fucking surprise yeah. me. It would make zero fucking sense. But Fuck. it's Vince we're talking about. That's WrestleMania's <laughs> like women's match is going to be that, isn't it? And yeah. everyone's going to wonder why Becky's like suddenly not over with people, and it's because it's been such a fucking horrendous, total fucking crash of a match because it wasn't even ended yeah. up with Shayna. But that being said, your predictions mm. for the women's uh, elimination chamber match, Carl. Uh, again, I was I was going to come out and I'm still going to go with it uh, despite that interesting tidbit uh, that Shane is going to take the match. Uh, <laughs> do you have have you changed your prediction on that front or do you feel that she is probably going to win? I, I still feel like she's only, she's going to win yeah, because it's, it's no it's other weak, fucking choice. It's a weak card. I mean... it, it's interesting because people are in there to build up their own feuds. They're not there to win. You know, Liv's there to go for Ruby. Sarah Logan's there to... Well, Sarah Logan's there. Um, uh, you know, some, some of the bits in there, it's like, well, you're not going to win, but, you, you know, you, okay, you're going to battle each other. Natalia's there because, you know, she she's a heart. Yeah, so Natalia's there, and okay. I, I think you mentioned it a, a few weeks back that you know, she's like the queen of hearts and the other one's the queen of spades, I believe. So that would have been, just off that little gimmick alone would have been a nice little back and forth. And uh, there was almost that little bit of tension before Asuka jumped in. Uh, no, it was the other way around, sorry. She actually ended up hitting her, didn't she? So there is that potential that they could go yeah, for it between each um, other. Because uh, they certainly did on the contract signing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think... They've, they've literally they've booked themselves into a corner. Like they've got all these, um, you know, they had this dead robust women's division, didn't they? Um, and it, it could have been all these sorts of matches. And now they've, if you look at who who the fuck's competing 
for the number one contendership. And it's it's no disrespect to, to the others, do you know what I mean? But it's like you've got fucking Charlotte challenging an NXT woman for some reason. You know, you've got fucking Bailey as the champ on the other show. And then like you look at who who these fucking who's in this main event and it's like obviously it's not gonna be Natalia. You know, Asuka's still a is she still a tag team champion? I think she is. Um, yes, is she? yes, she is. Um, <laughs> possibly. Um, <laughs> so, so I imagine she's not going to win because um, you know she's going to have to be in the tag division. So, you know, they, they won't give it to fucking Liv, who I think's been really good yeah, since I, she's come back. To be again, fair. I think she's um, been put in some but, difficult spots storyline wise, but she's she is good and she has a lot of potential. So, um, like, yeah, I agree with that. That's it. And then obviously, as you said, Sarah Logan is, you know, there. Um, and then I don't, so the only other viable one they could give it to is Ruby. So, but I, but I don't think they would. So it's got to be, yeah, like you say. Um, so we, we agree on the prediction because, well, who else could? Who else could? Um, so um, I, I'm, I'm intrigued, Carl. You, you've had me intrigued since you mentioned it before. So the next one I want to talk about is the the no disqualification match between Alistair Black and AJ Styles because my original point was there's no way that it can't be AJ wins it and you said you had some some comments you wanted to make on that. Uh... No, I actually think it's going to okay. be Alistair Black who wins it. And I think our old pal Taker is going okay. to get involved in this match. Yeah. with it being a no disqualification and part of me thinks that the Wrestlemania match will not be AJ Styles versus Undertaker but it will in fact be AJ uh, Undertaker and Alistair Black together as a tag team Ooh. versus the OC I'm intrigued in a three and I think two. that would be a nice little change up however the last time I remember Undertaker in a tag match at WrestleMania was with Nathan Jones. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that was not good. <laughs> so, and uh, that, by the way, that was nope. his theme music spot on. I like, after all these years, after all these years, you can still remember how to play the didgeridoo, Carl. I'm so impressed. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, what was he? He was the fucking what, what was he? The fucking menace uh, of Boggo Road or something. Something stupid because something shit um, you can't no offense, Australia as a as a country. Uh, you can't make your places sound intimidating. And as I understand it, Tasmania is not like the best <laughs> place, but uh, it doesn't sound scary, does it? So um yeah. Me, yeah. me point being Nathan Love Jones, uh, they were trying to book as like a big bad guy and he did like that one spinny kick, I think, and couldn't wrestle. So, you know, that went horribly wrong. So I, I sincerely yeah. hope that if they do do a tag match, it'll be a better show than the last. That is genuinely the last tag match I remember them being in at Mania. Um, I could be wrong on that because they did bring the Brothers of Destruction back at one point, but I really don't think they had a match at Mania with it. Um, never mind. I, ju- I just think, I just think with this one, and don't get me wrong, by a million fucking miles, I would prefer just a one-on-one with Taker and AJ. But part of me worries that, um, you know, he's, get, he's getting on. He's been getting on for about yeah. fucking 10 years now, honey, let's be fair, right? 
and you know he can't go the way he once could. So I'm wondering whether they realise this and they don't want to put him in a a fucking big long match with AJ just as a one on one where he's got to do it all like all that mm. like heavy lifting yeah. for it. So maybe they'll put him in a tag because if you think about it, where the fuck else is Alistair going to go after this? The only the only feud Alistair has at the moment is AJ, and AJ's already pretty much nailed on to face Taker. Yeah. They're not going to do a triple threat, so the only thing that makes sense, I guess, is to, to do that. But, I mean, I'd love to be wrong, but for me, in terms of prediction for this, I think Alistair wins it because of an Undertaker um, involvement, and that'll set up the next kind of month for Mania. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could honestly see that happening. Um, and I'd be fine with that. I really would. What I'm going to do for the sake of the predictions, because I want a bit of professional rivalry with you, Carl, is uh, I'm going to stick with, uh, with with AJ winning this. <laughs> but um, I think that booking is awesome. Uh, Bring it on. And I, I wouldn't be upset with that. Uh, yeah, because we need to make this more competitive, Carl. I think we should have four fits as well for the loser, but we'll we'll decide that as time goes on. <laughs> uh, so we have the SmackDown tag team titles that are currently held by Miz and Morrison. Now this is going to be a chamber match, so that's a bit different. Um, now personally, mm. I think the Usos are going to win. That's what I'm going to call it. The reason being, and it's not in any sort of desire for the Usos to win for me, and I don't want to harp onto something I mentioned last week. The reason I think the Usos are going to win is because they went over the tag champs on SmackDown the week after they won them. And I find that really strange um, that they give them a clean win. And I think that's probably a sign of the times to come. Okay. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think they'll drop it. Um, I think it's been too soon since they won. Um, I think Heavy Machinery are uh, going to be feuding with Dolphin Rude because <laughs> of the whole fucking Mandy thing. So both of them are out of it. Lucha House Party are just fucking yeah, Lucha House Party, so there's no point even talking we, about We them. have an empty chamber. So then realistically... <laughs> hey? <laughs> yeah. Um, realistically, you've got Miz and Morrison, New Day, and the Usos are the only ones who yeah, actually and have any sort of been rivaling each this. other up to this point. Um, so, yeah, it makes a bit of sense. Yeah, so the rest of them have just been added in yeah. to fill the, fill the pods, haven't they, let's be fair. So, um, of them three, I, I agree with you that Usos are probably the most viable if anyone was to take over, but they've literally only been champions for a couple of weeks. So, it would seem like a mistake, I think, for them to drop it yeah. in their first proper defence. Um, so, I agree, and I really hope you're right. But um, I've just got a horrible feeling that Usos are <laughs> Because then, you know, we can walk out of Mania with everyone in the Anoa'i family having a belt. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Even the rock fucking <laughs> grandmother or someone. You know what? How, honestly, can you... <laughs> they, they couldn't get any more up the rock's ass, right? And without having Simone Johnson suddenly turn up at Mania and beat Becky Lynch, right? I, I, no offense, Rock. I absolutely love you, man. You're a legend. But like, what what is the deal with like people going? Well, we we're, we're related to the Rock, kind of. 
because they're not even related to you, really. It's some sort of blood pact or something. You're not actually blood relations. Um, I much respect you're all close families, but like seriously, like that that's why the Usos and 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 Roman get so much notoriety. Okay, I'd I'd have respected it more if they lean more into like the fact that they are actually related to Rikishi. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I digress slightly, as I have a tendency to do. Um, so <laughs> we have the very strange. I say strange. You called this. You called this way before it happened. The very strange uh, <laughs> option of the Intercontinental Championship being three on one handicap match. So um, I don't know what would happen if Braun doesn't win as to who actually holds that title. Or are we going free bird rules? Uh, you could do it with tag team titles. Why not do it with you know? The IC, but uh, I think for me, logically, Braun is probably going to squash all three and totally ruin mm-hmm. their careers. Um, I'm actually unsure on this one. You know, um, I don't. Again, again, I don't think he will drop it right before Mania. Um, so I'm actually going to go for a clean sweep of zero titles changing hands on this card. Um, because that's how fucking pointless it is. It doesn't need to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because I don't think they're going to carry this Shinsuke, Cesaro, Zayn thing on for much longer. So I don't know whether this will be the, the start of that kind of unravelling. But I think when I first kind of predicted this three-on-one, I did originally think it'd happen at Mania. Or, um, and I, I, I kind of teased, I think they're going to bring in some Tyson Fury involvement. I think they were kind of waiting to see what would happen with his uh, heavyweight title match. Yeah, yeah. He won that. Um, so now, obviously, he's a hot commodity. You know, he's he's worked with them before. So I think they'll be definitely looking to do something with him at Mania. So whether or not he has a level of involvement in the, this one to set something up for Mania, maybe, or something, I, I just think the odds are very stacked against him. And even though he's a monster, will he, will he need a, you know, a helping hand from an old friend, yeah, perhaps? Yeah. So I think... I'm going to stick with Braun, but maybe with... I think you need to do something like that without making uh, Shinsuke and Cesaro look stupid. Um, That being said, WWE have a habit of going, well, he's a big guy, so we need multiple wrestlers to take this guy out. Um, So it wouldn't surprise me if they give him a clean Mm -hmm. win, but I think they do need something like that to go, okay, so Shinsuke and Cesaro aren't totally fucking piss weak. Um, But... It'd be interesting. We haven't actually seen Zayn wrestle in a while, so it's nice to see that he's actually getting some in-ring action again. Yeah, I mean, has, has he been actually, injured or something? Or yeah. I don't really understand why. I, he's I assume he's he has been injured or, or something. Um, he's been sidelined for a while now. But yeah, again, I um, I think yeah. Braun. Will, I think we both agreed Braun will win. So your prediction for the sake of competition is that there's going to be some shenanigans. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Right. And the last match, Carl, I don't know what you're thinking. There's another match. Of course, there is, Carl. We remember on SmackDown, Seamus announced that he was going into the chamber. So I want your prediction on the Seamus <laughs> in a chamber by himself match. Ah, but you see, he's not in the chamber by himself. And what's <laughs> going to happen is Eddie Guerrero's ghost. Wow. Well, uh... I um <laughs> I've got a sneaky feeling that Sheamus is going to win this one. Um, 
via count out, mm. weirdly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, again, I, I'm, I've done this jokingly just so I can once again moan about like that. They, they're so indecisive about their bookings that they actually started talking about a chamber match that never was. I mean, you bring up an excellent point. What the fuck's happened to Sheamus now? Like, he had that weird program with Shorty G and then fucking yeah. the other guy got involved. Yeah. I mean, think, think who it was. Apollo. Who, who was it? Cedric or someone? Apollo, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Apollo got involved for a bit. Um, and then, you know, we squashed both of yeah. them. It's like they were building them to something. <laughs> He's, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be in the chamber and then that doesn't happen. No, no, that's, that's, that's no what it is. Reason. He's going to be in the chamber. Like, sat there, just alone, staring, waiting. I like it. Um, I mean, are they going to put some sort of match together? I don't Unless, know. Like, maybe the shenanigans could be Seamus doing something to ooh. help Braun. Ooh, I've got it. I've got Everyone's it, like, what? But then all of a they're sudden, they're going to tie him back together. Seamus is going to be in the chamber. He's going to win the women's match. <laughs> oh my god and then <laughs> then oh that, it fits so perfectly they're both ginger they're both Irish imagine the build uh, for that it, Becky it, versus the storyline writes itself wow so, um, I can't wait it's infinitely better than Shayna so I'll <laughs> it take was it type of <gasps> maybe Shayna is what Seamus <gasps> maybe that's where Seamus come from he, he read the uh, the match and misread and thought it said Seamus, not Shayna. And that's why he thought he was in the chamber. I don't know. Um, but yeah, odd. Interesting. So, Seamus, she- yeah. another one who can't read. Yeah. So, him and Alistair Black are going to be a called the illiterates. Uh, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, it, they seem to have dropped everything. Like, unless this week's SmackDown that we've yet to see bring Shorty G and Apollo Crews back in the mix somehow, but why? <laughs> Quite clearly, why? Why would we want that? Why would we have that? So, as the card as we know it for Elimination no Chamber, those are our predictions. And I think there's some solid predictions. It'd be interesting to see and the loser who gets the most right. Eat a hat. Nah. <laughs> no! Right, so on that note, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with our ringside report 